Welcome to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino, the show that provides Christian insights into contemporary moral and ethical values and dives deep into how your faith in Jesus changes the way you live your life. Now, here's your host, Mike Sherbino. Fantastic, this weather that we've been enjoying. And doesn't that give you a lift on a weekend when the sun is still shining, the days are getting a little longer? I don't know about you, but uh, maybe it's because of COVID or whatever, but I'm looking forward to spring. I don't know, it just seems like there's a little more freedom. But uh, tonight, we want to talk about something just a little different. We've, we've talked about a lot of the, the doom and gloom of COVID and the pandemic. We've had some great guests weighing in in the past. Um, but I want to give more time for you to weigh in tonight to help us with a subject that, man, is close to my heart. It's, uh, it's something that I've struggled with all my life. And I thought maybe we can talk about it today. Possibly you've struggled with it as well. And it is born out of um, something within me. I like to please people, make them happy. No, no, not everybody's like that. I think I actually get that a bit from my mother. Uh, somehow I thought if I made everybody happy, they would, uh, you know, they would all like me. And as a result, you find that you change your direction a lot and priorities can get out of whack. You can find yourself saying, okay, this is important for today, and then you can get sidetracked. And so I've had to work really hard over the years to stay focused and uh, not to ignore people, but to stay on track and say, what is it that I am supposed to do? And yet I balance that all out by looking at the life of Jesus himself. And I find it very intriguing. There's a, a story that I just love in Mark chapter one. And Jesus begins early one morning, he gets up and he prays. And when he is praying, the disciples are all in a panic. They're looking for him. And they come and they wake, and they, not wake him up, but they interrupt him while he's praying. And they say, Master, everybody is searching for you. And you know, when I hear that word, everybody, that just creates so much pressure inside of me. Does it do that for you? Oh my, I got the needs and the wants and the would'ves and the could'ves and the should'ves. And they're saying, everybody is, is calling for you. And then he says, well, he said, I think we need to go somewhere else. Wow. And while they're going somewhere else, guess what happens? He, run in, he runs into a man who is a leper, and there's an incredible encounter, and he heals the man with leprosy. And Jesus was very conscious of the fact that even though there was a lot of pressure every day, and people putting the pressure on him to give in to their specific needs and wants, he models to us a great example about how to keep our priorities in check to, you know, what I want to talk about tonight is to talk about what's necessary versus what is urgent. Have you ever struggled with that? Hey, the number to call tonight is 883-5000. That's to all our Buffalo friends, 883-5000 or long distance in Niagara, Toronto, 1-800-684-2848. 1-800-684-2848. I want to do some, you know, teaching on this for the next uh, while in the program. I want to uh, also invite you to weigh in, maybe just to talk about how you've learned to organize your day, how you've learned to, you know, process the tyranny of the urgent. And, uh, you know, processing that is key to living well. Otherwise, you can end the day really frustrated. 
you can just sometimes feel overwhelmed that you haven't lived up to people's expectations. Or when you come to the end of the journey, um, you can say, oh, I, I have so many regrets. Uh, one of these weekends, I'm going to bring in a number of people on the phone who are older. And, and older is a relative term, but I, I think we need to hear from them. You know, how would they do it differently if they had to do it over again? What would they give their time to if they uh, could redo life? And how are they going to deal with life in this final season of life? Now, I don't know what season you're in, but I'm going to, you know, bet dollars to donuts tonight that you've probably struggled between what is necessary and what is urgent. And sometimes you can go to the extreme. You can go to the extreme like I used to try to make everybody happy and you get nothing done. Or you can be so much, you know, you can, you can write the uh, appendix to the book called Boundaries. And you've created so many walls that are so high that, that nobody can get to know you. And as a result, you're feeling pretty lonely. And I've met people like that. They get to the end of the journey and they're feeling pretty lonely because the walls have been so high that they have built up for themselves. I've encountered that again as some of the people I'm talking to, older people. And uh, they got next to no friends because life was all about them. That's how they live. And now they've come to this point and it gets exasperated with the pandemic. And, and guess what? They, uh, they're missing out. Well, uh, being the extrovert that I am, as you can probably tell, um, I have a lot of acquaintances and I'm grateful that I have some good friends. But I do have some regrets. And I have some regrets that there are certain things that I didn't accomplish earlier in life that I believe I could have if I had learned to do what I want to share with you tonight. Well, that's in the past, but I have to be conscious now of how I'm going to live and how I choose wisely in this next season. I'd love to hear how you choose wisely. Or maybe you got something totally off the uh, the subject tonight. You want to call in about that. That's fine as well. Um, and if you want prayer at any time, we want to pray for you tonight. But tonight, if I want to teach from the, the Bible, uh, how to distinguish between the necessary and the urgent. Let me give those numbers again. It's 883 5,000. That's to our Buffalo friends. So, hey, who's going to be first? 883-5000 or 1-800-684-2848. I'm going to say it slowly because maybe you can't write fast. Okay, that was a dumb joke. But 883-5000-1-800-684-2848. Just before we move back to Ontario, my wife and I went for a a motorcycle ride. And uh, we dropped across the border. We were living in the Vancouver area, and uh, we had a place on the way to Seattle along the water. It was a restaurant, and uh, when we went to it the first time, we said, we got to go back. And the reason we went back is that there were just too many choices on the menu. But what really compounded things was that the dessert menu looked absolutely fantastic. And so I remember sitting outside and it was a beautiful day. It was sunny. We're along the water. And I saw what the other table was ordering. And when I asked the waitress what they were ordering, I said, my wife and I will have that huge sandwich that they're having and we're going to split it so that she can justify buying the cream puff that was about the size of a small Frisbee. Well, as you know, I blame the the dessert on my wife, but I was going to be an equal partaker in that sin. Um, But hey, have you ever been at a point where you're living in life and you just wish you had what the other guy had? I'm sitting at the restaurant, I'm looking at what they had and say, oh man, I want that, I gotta have it. 
and you thought, I'd like to order it. I'd like to choose that. But you see, no doubt about it, our choices shape us. Whether it's the food we eat, the careers we choose, the friends we keep, or how we spend our free time. And so I want to look today in, the, in our broadcast at at least three passages from the Bible. And I'm going to look at them quickly, but they unpack uh, the importance of choices and knowing what is the best thing, the right thing. And as we're going to see in this instance, the one thing that really matters. You see, the longer I live, the more I realize that what God wants for me and you is to grow close to Him. And to realize that while He's given us so much to enjoy in life, nothing compares to knowing Him, loving Him, and being in His presence. You see, it's one thing to say that, um, you know, to say that, but it's another thing to go there. And I think it has to be an intentional choice. And that when I make the choice, I need to know why I'm making that choice. You're listening tonight to the show and you're thinking, well, why should I choose to get to know God more? Well, if you choose not to, you're going to get to know other things more. You're going to get to spend time with other people, other things. And, and more plus more plus more does not always equal more. And when you come to the end of the journey, will you be satisfied? Will you be filled up? I remember my grandfather, uh, when he finally said, I'm going to follow Jesus, I want to be right with him. He was about 90 at least. And I remember him saying to me in his hospital room, he looked at me and he said, Michael, I only wish I had trusted him sooner. Only wish that I had trusted him sooner. Now, you see, the longer I live, the more I realize that what God wants for me and you is to grow close to him. And while he's given us so much to enjoy in life, nothing compares to knowing him, loving him, and being in his presence. And you see, how are we going to go there? What, how are we going to make those choices? Well, let's, let's, pack, let's uh, look at it from first the Old Testament. Some of you remember the guy named David, King David. He was the one, if you've never heard of him, he was one that killed the giant Goliath. We've all heard the name Goliath. Where did that come from? Well, it was a young shepherd boy who, who took a rock and a slingshot and literally knocked the daylights out of that, that big sucker. And David wrote this, likely when he was the king of Israel. So he went from being a shepherd boy uh, to leading uh, the most amazing country, the Jewish nation. He was the second king. And David wrote this. He said, God is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? And he said, when evildoers assail me and eat up my flesh and adversaries and foes, they stumble and fall. And he says, even if an army encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Now wait, hold for it, hold for it here. The war arise against me, yet will I be confident. I'm reading from Psalm 27, and now I'm coming to the key. It's in verse 4. So here's a guy that has accomplished so much. He said, I'm not even going to be afraid uh, of things that come at me because God is my light. He's the one that helps me to address my fears. But the man who had it all, imagine being the king. It'd be like Queen Elizabeth. Uh, it'd be like being the prime minister, being the president of the United States. The man who had it all, he said, one thing have I asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord 
and to inquire in his temple. Now, desires change, don't they? The things that I wanted when I was 15 or 20, a lot of those things have changed. Um, now that, you know, I'm 39 or 49 and holding, or did I say 59 and holding? But David had been a fighting man all his life. And what does he say? There's one thing I have desired, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. Now, the, to dwell in the house of the Lord speaks of being of God. And for David to say this, it revealed something about the journey he'd been on. He'd seen hard times, frightening times, life-threatening times, and times of incredible success. You might think that he would desire of God safety, protection, and vindication. But here is what he said. This is what I desire. Now, in Psalm 23, verse 6, we read that famous verse, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now we come to Psalm 27 verse 4 and he's going to expand on it when he says, one thing I desire of the Lord and this is what I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. What we are reading here is the imagery of the Old Testament. When life was boiled down to its raw essence, David wants to be in the house of the Lord. David knows that there is one thing that he wants to give his life over to. Despite being a shepherd, a warrior, and a king, David wants to be in the house of the Lord. Now think with us, folks. This guy had the best that life had to offer at that time. He knew the ups and downs. But he says, I want to be in the temple. Uh, he wanted to be where his king was. To stay in this dialogue, he wanted to be where his Father in heaven was. This is what he longed for. So what does that mean for us? Well, David wanted to stay in constant communion with God. I think that he was conscious of a lot of distractions. You have likely been distracted, just like I have. So let me encourage you to bring some discipline into your life. Remember another guy in the Old Testament, his name was Daniel. He was thrown into the lion's den. And you know why? Because he chose to pray to be quiet three times a day. Why did he do that? Because he needed it. And he was a key leader in the Babylonian Empire, even though he was a prisoner. But to keep himself together, he just wanted to be in the presence of his Lord. Now, folks, what I've learned is that discipline defeats distractions. Did you get that? Discipline defeats distractions. I have to consciously choose to discipline myself to spend time with God. You know, maybe you can start with five or ten minutes a day and then let it grow. And if you miss that time, eventually you're going to know it and others will know it. Because you can't spend consistent time in the presence of the Lord without other people noticing. You know, when I first met my wife, I was able to speak with her for a few minutes and then, you know what? I conveniently allowed my path to cross hers as often as possible. I was interested in her, and I wanted to spend more and more time with her. And then we started dating, and then eventually, you know how it goes, we got engaged, and, and then we got married. And we are still together. And I can honestly say that after 40 years, it is still getting better. And, but there's choices. 
And the times when our marriage wasn't great was because I wasn't giving focused attention to that. And in the same way, my journey with Jesus gets all sorts of distracted, gets all sorts of out of line if I'm not on the discipline. We want to talk more about that. How do you learn to set priorities? I'm Mike Sherbino. You're listening to Open Mic. I'm going to be right back after a short break. Stay with us. We'd love to have you call in tonight. Are you feeling a little lost, left out in the cold, feeling disconnected with life, friends, and even church? Well, put on the brakes and stop going down that path. North End Church invites you to connect with their church family, and trust me, there's a place for you. During this pandemic, you can join them through their online services each week, or even better, get connected through their church-wide Zoom group and breakout rooms that allow you to get to know new people. While we all want to be back together again soon, you can still meet people, make meaningful connections, and keep growing in your spiritual journey. Wherever you are, you can join Pastor Mike Sherbino and the North End Church family. It's time to get reconnected. Check it out at northendchurch.ca. That's northendchurch.ca. You'll love North End, where no one is perfect, anyone is welcome, and anything is possible. Will you provide a Bible for someone who desperately needs one? In many countries around the world, Bibles are in short supply, even in the church. Your gift of just $5 will provide the Bible and ministry programs for a new believer eagerly waiting for their own copy of God's Word. One new believer says, Every morning when I wake up, I thank God for a new day and I ask Him for a Bible. His Word is my strength and my refuge, and I need to read and understand His words of strength and comfort every day. This story is true for many new believers around the world. Will you give a Bible to a new believer today? Visit BibleLeague.ca slash Mike or call Bible League Canada at 1-800-363-9673. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherboneau. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey, we're glad you're calling in tonight. And uh, you haven't called in yet, but I see one person's already on the line. Love to hear from some of you as you share your thoughts on how do you handle your life? How do you keep it all together? And uh, you know what? David said, there's one thing I desire. How key is that? He realized more than anything else, I need to desire spending time with God. That just helps to keep life on track, to make sense out of the senseless. Well, on another situation, Jesus talked to a guy who was a rich young ruler, and uh, he had everything that money could buy. And in the midst of that uh, interesting dialogue, it's found over in Luke chapter 18, Jesus said to this guy, he said, um, you know, there is really one thing that you are lacking. So if David said, there's one thing I desire, uh, this rich young ruler comes to Jesus and uh, he says, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? That's a good question. So he had everything that money could buy, but he was afraid of death. What do I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, well, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal or lie, honor your father and mother. And he says, well, I've kept all of these things from my youth. And then when Jesus heard him, he looked at him and he said, there's one thing that you still lack. Wow, that's a heavy one. One thing that you lack. Well, if he had everything that money could buy, what was he lacking? He was lacking the peace of having a relationship with his creator. Now, you see, when I don't spend time with the Lord, I lose 
perspective. Issues seem large, larger than life. Uncertainty looms. And if you can imagine this, guess what? I want to run harder. I recognize that as I see younger guys, maybe in their 30s or 40s, they're trying to launch their business and they just keep pushing and pushing. Or, you know, they work the extra hours and uh, I was guilty of that. You know, I'd, I'd work long, long hours. I'd work long hours as a pastor. Sometimes in between churches, I would run a construction company. Sometimes I would do that and plant a church and I'd work long, long hours. And what a real boil really boiled down to is that most of the time, not all the time, uh, but most of the time, I wasn't trusting God, and I was always feeling like I had to scramble. But when I paused, God was saying, trust me, I want you to be still. Here's this guy, and he had everything that money could buy. You know, I heard the story of an Amish man who was watching his new neighbor move in. He had all the latest gadgets you could imagine. Dishwasher, a couple uh, 70-inch TVs, a few other flat screens for each uh, bedroom. He had a self-propelled lawnmower, and the list went on and on. And he went over to introduce himself and said to his neighbor, if there's anything you don't have, just uh, let me know, and I will tell you how to live without it. Well, hey, you know what? I actually heard a story from a friend of mine who was a real estate agent, and uh, he he bought the house from, uh, helped the person buy the house, and... Uh, and when they bought the house, they had so much money, they didn't want the new dishwasher. Now, at that time, it was like a $900 dishwasher. And uh, it was, um, how do you say it? You know, it was the best that you could buy. And, uh, and she said, no, I don't want it. It's not the quite thing I want. So he gave her 50 bucks for it, and he kept it himself. You know, sometimes we wonder, what is the world coming to? And here's this rich young ruler, and... And he just wasn't happy. And so Jesus comes to him and says, listen, there is more. There is more. And uh, so here's, uh, here's what we want to do tonight. Uh, I want to talk to a lady. And uh, you know what? She's got a question she's going to weigh in tonight. And uh, we're just going to chat with her for just a second. And then we're going to jump back to this. Because you see, in this whole thing of priorities and uh, making decisions, we sometimes get to that point where, you know, we're like that rich young ruler. We've tried to have it all, to own it all, to buy it all, and yet there is still something that is lacking. I was reminded of that today when uh, all over the news they were talking about the burial service for Walter Gretzky, uh, the father of Wayne Gretzky, as we call him, the great one. And Walter was a well-known and well-loved man in the Brantford area and, and really all across Canada and the States. Um, and you know, but despite all that he had, all through his son, he is just like everyone else. At the end of life, we come to the end of it. And have we made the right choices? I'm glad to hear that the priest who took his service said that he loved family, he loved hockey, and he loved his church. I do hope that he loved the Lord. That is key. And, uh, and it's when we understand and know how much God loves us, that becomes transformational. I'm going to talk to Becky right now. Becky's called in. And uh, Becky, I just want to say hi. Thanks for calling in. And uh, welcome to Open Mic. Oh, hi. Hi. So you put a, <laughs> uh, a not-so-easy question to you. Okay. Uh, um, 
the whole thing about the devil. Right. Um, can the devil actually come into our minds and make us change our minds? Like, I, I, I'm not sure, because I remember reading years ago about, you know, C.S. Lewis and screw tape letters and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Right. But, but can the devil actually come and take over our our thoughts? How, and if he doesn't, how is he able to uh, give us suggestions in our thoughts? Okay. Well, first of all, thanks for calling, and thanks for that question. It's a good question. Let me try to answer it by taking you to the Scripture, okay? And, um, you know, there, there's two ways to look at this. One is if you're a follower of Jesus, and then secondly, if you're not. So, first of all, um, if you're a follower of Jesus, His very Spirit lives within you. What often happens, though, is that, as the Bible teaches us, we face three—there's three sources for temptation— One is the world. Everything is all around us. The second thing is just our natural desires to do evil. And then the third thing is Satan himself. And you reference C.S. Lewis. I mean, he teaches all of that. Um, And you know what? In the midst of all of that, um, what he really is doing, he's teaching some great truths from the scriptures. So let's go right to the source. What I think we have to realize is that first and foremost, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you leave yourself open for Satan to control you and possess you. Now, some people say, I don't believe that. But if they start to dabble in things that are evil, maybe in the occult, Ouija boards, or maybe Christ is saying, nudging on their heart, saying, you need to repent and follow me. Well, what happens when we say no is that we're saying yes to the enemy. We leave ourselves wide open. I don't believe Satan and his demons possess every person who's not a, uh, not a Christ follower, but we leave ourselves wide open. So Paul teaches in Ephesians chapter 6, he says to the Christians, he said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. In other words, he's describing what is... Uh, uh, a hierarchy of evil, and that in certain places there's greater demonic power than in others. And I believe many times when people just open themselves up and say, you know what, I'm going to do whatever I want, you leave yourself wide open for the enemy to come and possess you. Now, if you're a Christian, you have the Spirit of God living within you. But every day I have to make a choice what I'm going to feed myself with. And by that, I'm especially talking about mentally. So if I am choosing to, you know, watch things that are not healthy on my computer, um, and that's not always pornography or things like that. I mean, I could just be, uh, you know, looking at things and I wish I had this. I wish I had that. And then you're never satisfied. You are never happy. And it takes you down a slippery slope. I think sometimes one of the ways that Satan tempts us is to always be dissatisfied with life. And so I'm intrigued. The Apostle Paul writes in Timothy, I think chapter 6, verse 6, he said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and we can take nothing out. Now, let me just pause for a moment. 
Does any of that make sense to you, or do you maybe you have another question? Um, yeah, I still, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if temptation is coming from out, you know, just, I don't know, is Satan giving me the temptation or not? Well, let's turn to another passage that really helps that. You can probably hear me rattling my Bible, and it's in the book of James. And in James chapter 1, it talks about temptation. And it says this, you know what he said? God doesn't tempt us to evil, but every man is tempted um, and when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So if I feed my desire to say, you know what, I'm not happy with the car that I bought two years ago. I need a new one. If I keep looking at it, if I keep going to a dealership, you know, I'm going to say, oh, man, I got to trade it in. Now, maybe there's nothing wrong with trading it in, but if it puts me, you know, in a really difficult spot where I, I can't now afford to pay my mortgage or my rent, uh, I've given in to temptation. Maybe I needed to learn to be content with what I had. And many times, Becky, what I see is people, they have just never grown content, and they're always looking for something else to meet and satisfy a deep need within them. But the deeper need is in, first and foremost, knowing Jesus. And that's the story of what I was just talking about with this rich young ruler. He said, I've been religious. I've done everything. He had everything, but he still didn't have peace. So I encourage people to say, hey, is my life right with God? And, and then I just, I pray about everything. I say, Lord, what do you want me to have? And I've been thinking, you know, maybe I need to trade in this. Uh, my old truck for something else, and I, I try to listen for his voice. Um, I listen for his voice when I choose what I watch on TV. I know that if I watch certain things, it's going to have a negative impact upon me. And to think that I'm not impacted by things would be foolish. So sometimes Satan really wants to come and tempt me. Sometimes it's just my own desires, but I got to guard myself. And normally it happens when I'm tired or when I've been really pushing myself. I think that's human nature, basically, for all of us. But I do believe in a devil. I do believe that he wants to tempt us, and he wants to tempt us to disobey God. And he wants us to believe that God doesn't love us, even when, especially when we go through difficult times. Can I ask you a question? Are you a follower of Jesus, or are you still pondering? No, no, I, 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 I think I'm a I'm a follower. I, I read, I listen, I try to do everything, but I don't feel I'm right. Well, you know what? Some of that can be Satan telling you a lie. But can I suggest a couple things? Start, sure. you continue to read your Bible, get in a church that can help you to grow. And if you don't have a church right now, you can follow mine online, uh, northendchurch.ca. You can hear it on the ad later on in the program. But the other thing is this, be sure that you're a child of God. And tonight you can be sure. Did you know that? How? Well, you know, as I've prayed with hundreds and hundreds of people, 
we could simply pray right now, a prayer to start your journey with God. And this could be the day, March 6th, when you look back and say, you know what, on that day, I invited Jesus to be the leader and Lord of my life. Would you want to do that? It'd be awesome, I think. I often say to people, well, why wouldn't you want to if God's been nudging you? Okay. Well, let, why don't we pray? And you know what, Becky, there's probably all sorts of other people that are wanting to pray along with you. So let's just pray a simple prayer. And when prayed from your heart to God's, he has always promised to hear. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. And uh, we can just pray this. Dear Lord Jesus, thank Dear you Lord that you Jesus. love me. Thank you. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you love me. And I'm asking you. And I'm asking you. To forgive me of my sins. To forgive me for my sins. And to be my savior. To be my savior. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for hearing my prayer. And I am going to follow you by your help. I'm going to. You know, Becky, I just want to say welcome to the family of God. And uh, you can reach me, write to me at mike at northendchurch.ca. I want to encourage you and help you in your journey of faith. And anyone else who has prayed with you tonight, would you write to me, mike at northendchurch.ca, so that I can help you, and I don't want to leave you out there on your own. And I'll help you get connected in a church nearby, but you know what? I can help you start to grow and understand how much God actually loves you and he cares for you. It's not by chance that you've called in tonight. And I just want to say thank you. Okay? I've got to run to a break, but you got my number, you got my address rather, and you can write to me, mike at northendchurch.ca, and uh, shoot me a line and I'll write back to you today. Okay? Thank you. So, thank you. Thank you for calling. And uh, you're listening to Open Mike. I'm Mike Sherbino. You're going to hear the numbers in just a moment. Love to hear your comments tonight uh, on the program. I'm going to be right back after this short break. Will you provide a Bible for someone who desperately needs one? In many countries around the world, Bibles are in short supply, even in the church. Your gift of just $5 will provide the Bible and ministry programs for a new believer eagerly waiting for their own copy of God's Word. One new believer says, Every morning when I wake up, I thank God for a new day and I ask Him for a Bible. His word is my strength and my refuge, and I need to read and understand his words of strength and comfort every day. This story is true for many new believers around the world. Will you give a Bible to a new believer today? Visit BibleLeague.ca slash Mike or call Bible League Canada at 1-800-363-9673. 
Are you feeling a little lost, left out in the cold, feeling disconnected with life, friends, and even church? Well, put on the brakes and stop going down that path. North End Church invites you to connect with their church family, and trust me, there's a place for you. During this pandemic, you can join them through their online services each week, or even better, get connected through their church-wide Zoom group and breakout rooms that allow you to get to know new people. While we all want to be back together again soon, you can still meet people, make meaningful connections, and keep growing in your spiritual journey. Wherever you are, you can join Pastor Mike Sherbino and the North End Church family. It's time to get reconnected. Check it out at northendchurch.ca. That's northendchurch.ca. You'll love North End, where no one is perfect, anyone is welcome, and anything is possible. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Hey everybody, I'm glad you're with us tonight, and I hope you'll call in. I got a guest coming on the program in about seven or eight minutes, but we'll still make time for your call. I'm really glad Becky called in tonight, and just being so honest about her journey, reminded me of a, a conversation I had uh, just very recently with a person who had been in the church all his life. And this person talked to me, and maybe a little bit like Becky, or maybe like you tonight, he just said, you know, he said, I know everybody thinks I'm a Christian, but I'm not sure that I am. And it was my great pleasure just to say, here's how you make that step. But you know, it's not enough just there. You need to go further. And so can I urge you, um, write to me, mike at northendchurch.ca. I will get back to you. And if you don't hear from me, it's because it's been a, an email glitch. So mike, that's pretty easy, at northendchurch.ca. And you can check us out online tomorrow at 10 o'clock, our online service. We're getting ready to reopen in a few weeks, God willing. We're looking forward to that. But wherever you're listening tonight, all over the, Toronto, uh, Buffalo, I would love to help you get connected in a church near you. So I just thrown that out there because that's what Satan wants. He wants us to be spiritual orphans, and he's going to kind of dry up and die up. Remember, we're talking tonight about priorities, and David realized that one thing that he wanted, to be in the presence of God. The other thing is this rich young ruler who had it all, and Jesus said, there's one thing that you lack. Man, he was successful, but Jesus looked through it all and had the audacity to say that he was lacking one thing. Um, he said, you need to have 100% love for God. And what does he tell him to do? He says, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. Now, is Jesus calling us all to get rid of everything that we have? Not necessarily. But he's asking us um, to, um, to realize what is it that's the blockage? What is it that's keeping us away from him? And that's why in the next part we find if David, King David was saying, there's one thing that I want. And Jesus looks at the rich young ruler and says, one thing is lacking. Then one day, Jesus talked to two favorite sisters of his, Mary and Martha. And he says, you know that day when they came to her, their house, he came to visit them, and Martha's really busy, you know, preparing the meal and all these things, and Mary's just lounging uh, in the living room with Jesus, uh, sitting there, and Martha gets ticked off and says, how come she's not helping me do the meal? <laughs> and Jesus said, Martha, Martha. He loved Martha. And it wasn't that he didn't want a meal or food, but he said, one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen the most important thing right 
for now. Now, I'm going to talk about that in a few more minutes, but uh, Larry's on the line. And Larry, welcome. Thanks for calling in tonight to Open Mic. Hi there, Mike. This is Larry. I talked to you once before on the air with the holding of the towel out of the dryer story. Yeah, but yeah. I wanted, I wanted to just encourage you with that really encouraged me. And if you get in touch with Becky, I believe her. Yeah. There's millions of angels in heaven rejoicing over that moment. And it just really touched my heart. And just to let her know, this farmer in Niagara Falls was praying hard. And her, her uh, um, softness and her uh, uh, vulnerability that the Lord just opened that door just now. There is a party going on in heaven over that. That's um, right. And I just want to encourage Becky and just uh, keep up your good work, and and the Lord will bless her. And just, uh, you know, it's just amazing how we we search and search and search, and right there is an open door, and just a moment like that. And you could see the angels just sitting on the edge of their seat. Come on, Becky. Come on, Becky. And then all of a sudden, the gates open up, and... That's and right. there's going to be trials and troubles coming up, but she, she's got something inside her now. The Holy Ghost is going to live in her and work through her. And I prayed hard for her, and I know many others have. And thank Thanks, you Larry. for your great program. Well, and I was thinking as the angels are rejoicing, guess what? None of them have masks on. How cool is that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Larry, thanks for the call. I appreciate that, and I appreciate yeah, you calling back. When we get the borders open, I'm definitely going to come see you. I was just about ready to, and boom, everything happened. So well, when it I'm gets open, I'm definitely going to come see you, all right? I'll look forward to it. Thanks, Larry. All right. God, God all bless right. you. Yeah, so um, that's just cool. And uh, you see, when Jesus talked to Mary and Martha, he said one thing is needed. Now, have you noticed that some people lose everything only to realize what they had after they lost it? You need to know what it is that you're not prepared to lose. Then you'll know why you need to invest in keeping it. The lesson, you know, about these two women uh, is not about two ladies who had different views of Jesus. I believe that if you asked them at the same time, do you both love God, they would have replied, certainly. Actually, it was Martha who opened her home for the Lord. And we got to give her full marks for that. But these ladies, although sisters, were different from each other. They were run by two different philosophies. Martha ran her life by crisis management, Mary by Christ management. Now you see, crisis management is about when the urgent replaces the necessary. And I think there's three characteristics of crisis management that I've learned even from my own life. First of all, you get unglued. We read in verse 40 that Martha in getting ready for the meal was distracted by all the preparations. Maybe it was the pressure of the moment, Maybe it was her own expectations for herself. I'm not sure. But she got distracted. And we live in an age that encourages the opposite. Complex is better and more is the way to go. But I don't believe it. So she got unglued. And this is crisis management. Then you feel unfulfilled. Uh, because if we have our lives defined by what we do, uh, we're always going to be sorry. You know, remember when you were a teenager and you'd come home and you had a bowlful or two of ice cream and down a liter of Coke? And when it came for supper, you were full. But later on that night, hunger would come back. Well, many people, as they go through life, find they've been feeding on the wrong food. They've been looking for success when really what they wanted was significance. 
You see, success is all about what I've done or what I'm doing now. Significance is all about who I am. Significance is about relationships and how I get along with people. And when I realize that our Creator has created you and I to have an intimacy with Him, that becomes our significance. And when that intimacy becomes the priority, the one thing that is needed, life will find rhythm in the midst of even chaos. How cool is that? And you know, if we're, if we're distracted like that all the time, we're going to be unfocused and, uh, and we're going to be going everywhere. Hey, why don't we just think about that together? Think about where your life is right now and realize that you've got a great opportunity to start a new chapter in your life. You know, when Jesus speaks to Martha, he says, Martha, Martha, I don't believe it was a harsh voice. Rather, it was a stop and enjoy the moment voice where Jesus tries to get her attention. It was the voice of a child that a child uses of a parent to stop and play with them for a moment. I don't know, um, you know, if you saw the movie Henry a number of years ago by Harrison Ford, he plays the part of a famous lawyer who has no time for anyone until he's shot in the head by a robber. And when he's recovering, there is a change in his temperament. And one of the things he enjoys doing is spending time with his daughter and wife. Everyone enjoys his new character more than the old. And yet from a financial picture, he is not as successful. Huh. But in a sense, Jesus is pleading with Martha to stop and enjoy the moment, to give time to what is eternal. And if we choose not to give time to God, we're going to be agitated. Uh, when I take time for God, when you take time, you'll be able to focus, to make better decisions and evaluate how I'm living my life and what I'm giving my time to. Hey, you're listening to Open Mic with Mike Sherbinal. I'm going to be back for the last 15 minutes with a great friend of mine, Alan Gallant. He's coming on the show tonight to talk about something he's involved with, some, and it's all to do with mental health, choosing priorities. He is so qualified to talk about what we've been sharing tonight. Stay with us for the final 15. We'll be right back after this short break. Are you feeling a little lost, left out in the cold, feeling disconnected with life, friends, and even church? Well, put on the brakes and stop going down that path. North End Church invites you to connect with their church family, and trust me, there's a place for you. During this pandemic, you can join them through their online services each week, or even better, get connected through their church-wide Zoom group and breakout rooms that allow you to get to know new people. While we all want to be back together again soon, you can still meet people, make meaningful connections, and keep growing in your spiritual journey. Wherever you are, you can join Pastor Mike Sherbino and the North End Church family. It's time to get reconnected. Check it out at northendchurch.ca. That's northendchurch.ca. You'll love North End, where no one is perfect, anyone is welcome, and anything is possible. Will you provide a Bible for someone who desperately needs one? In many countries around the world, Bibles are in short supply, even in the church. Your gift of just $5 will provide the Bible and ministry programs for a new believer eagerly waiting for their own copy of God's Word. One new believer says, Every morning when I wake up, I thank God for a new day and I ask Him for a Bible. His Word is my strength and my refuge, and I need to read and understand His words of strength and comfort every day. This story is true for many new believers around the world. Will you give a Bible to a new believer today? Visit BibleLeague.ca slash 
Mike or call Bible League Canada at 1-800-363-9673. Welcome back to Open Mic with Mike Sherbino. Have a question for Mike? Phone lines are open. Call now at 800-684-2848 or 883-5000. Everybody, we're glad you're with us tonight. Hey, do you want to make my night? You know, this program, um, I just trust God continually for the resources. Uh, when I started, I didn't know where any money was going to come from. I didn't have the money myself to cover it. But week by week, the Lord continues to provide. So here's what. You're waiting for me to say, would you give to support this program? Wrong. I'm not asking you to do that. But if this program has encouraged you, could I ask you tonight to go to the BibleLeague.ca and donate a Bible? You can give $5, $10. Maybe God's going to nudge you to give, you know, a lot of money. But it's not a lot to give 5 bucks. Could I invite you to do that? And that would be a way of just saying, uh, you know what, Mike, I appreciate the program. I'm glad that it's out there. And if you would go and do that, that would be such an encouragement. Let's help them out. Let's, let's be a part of making a big difference. I know firsthand what the Bible League is doing in Canada, the BibleLeague.ca slash Mike, and they'll know it came from this program. But they are doing amazing things around the world. So I'd love for you to do that. If, if this program has encouraged you just to, to do that and just jump on the, their website and, and make a donation, $5. Uh, or maybe some of you want to give, you know, 500 I don't know. But wouldn't that be just simply fantastic? And um, we'll leave it at that. So tonight, for the final half, final, not half, but final, uh, you know, 12 minutes or so in the show tonight, I got my good buddy, Alan Gallant on. Alan, are you there? Talk to me. I, I am here. <laughs> Alan, welcome back. And uh, well, just, yeah, I was just going to say back, that yeah, we're talking over each other, but we'll figure it out here. We'll get the rhythm. <laughs> um, Alan, in a nutshell, Tell us your story again, just so that people can track. You lead a, an amazing ministry called Agora Network yeah. Ministries. Uh, I want you to talk in a moment about mental health, but what's your story in, uh, can you do it in 45 seconds? Like, sure. just, just give us the highlights. Yeah, so I pastored for 33 years, uh, stressed out, burned out, in a depression. I had a major stroke back in 2017 that changed my life. I was left with a paralysis in my voice, um, but God began to work in my life. I went through a very difficult time after the stroke, learning how to talk again and learning about my mental wellness. I went into a deeper depression, but God was good, and He gave me great resources and a great doctors who, to help me get better again. And so um, we now help the church and pastors to understand mental wellness, illness, and how, as a church, to e educate and equip their people to understand and to help people inside the walls of the church. Well, that was fantastic, but you took an extra 10 seconds. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried to get down to 45, but it's hard. Hey, you know what? I, I get so excited every time you tell that story for a whole bunch of reasons. First of all, you know, in the midst of our brokenness, God can still and wants to raise us up. And you're a living proof of that. I, I hope that just sends waves of encouragement to people listening yeah. tonight. 
to anyone who's ever felt they've blown it or failed it or screwed up, um, yeah. you know what? You, you're living testimony that God takes us. And, you know, you didn't intentionally mm -hmm. try to screw up. You just pushed yourself really hard. And I, I did. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I was very broken on the inside. And I tried to, you know, just hide everything, tried to fake it. Um, that's what pastors do sometimes, and men. Yep. But uh, God had to release the valve in my <laughs> in my life, and uh, when He did that, I was able to realize that life is too important to, you know, go through it in a depression or anxiety uh, filled life. Uh, what a road to recovery after that stroke! Mm. You, you know, you had to learn to talk again. Yeah, that's... I remember. I remember the first time we met. We both found out that you know you were from Nova Scotia, Cape Breton, and yeah. I had pastored yeah. there for ten years. Yeah. I just thought you had a French accent because <laughs> you talked just the same way as all the boys from Cape Breton. But uh, well, then yeah, I realized, but, uh, no, it's a stroke accent. <laughs> yes. um, you know, at least uh, I, I I say to people all the time, God took away my voice, gave me a new voice to be a voice for those who don't have a voice. Oh, that's so neat. And you've written a book yeah. about it, haven't you? What's the book called? Yeah, The be the Beautiful Strokes of God, Mental Illness, Healing, and the Church. My wife and I really wrote it together. Uh, it's our story, but also how we should respond as believers um, to those that are really struggling with uh, ment their mental wellness. So tell me about Agora Network Ministries. What exactly are you doing? You've been on the program before. Uh, yep. Just give us a bit of a history and tell us the latest and greatest, because there's some neat things coming down the pipe. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Agora is to come alongside the pastor and church to help them uh, pull in some great mental wellness resources for their people. Uh, you know, I just spoke a few minutes ago to a, 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 a in video about pastors say that they, this is important, but they have a hard time talking about it. So uh, we want to resource the church, educate the church. Uh, we want to engage the church and equip the church to do um, um, to understand mental wellness and. Uh, um, understand that mental illness is not, um, it can be just uh, a clinical, but also it can be related to um, a spiritual um, component as well. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to educate, and uh, we have webinars. Uh, we do um, group, uh, small group studies. Right now we have one. Uh, that we're doing with about 10 people around Canada. Uh, we have a, 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 a um, uh, academy that we're putting together where people can do semesters. Uh, we have a pro professor of mental wellness, uh, and she'll be starting in the fall. And also we have a great conference uh, lined yeah. up for May 1st. Okay, so let's talk about this conference. You've, it's an interesting name that you've chosen, the Perseverance <laughs> yeah. Conference. Yeah. You got you yeah. have 45 seconds to talk about that one. Well, Perseverance Conference is a conference that will give great hope and help people who are needing some answers to uh, mental uh, health 
the questions uh, around uh, COVID-19, around suicide, around uh, healing, um, woundedness, and how the church uh, responds to uh, the mental uh, crisis uh, as, as well. We have Kay Warren from Saddleback. We're so excited that she's now, let's just pause there. with us. So Kay yeah. Warren is the wife of Rick Warren, who That's wrote right. that book, The Purpose Driven Church and the yeah. Purpose Driven Life. That's right. And it's um, massive. And their son committed suicide, sadly, about four yeah. years ago. Yeah, he died by suicide, and that put them on a, a journey of helping people. They have a ministry called Hope. Um, and uh, so we're so blessed to have her come. Um, and so, you know, her and Amy Simpson, uh, Brett Allman, and our friend, Dr. Grant Mullen. Okay, well, I can talk about Grant. Tell me about who's Amy Simpson. Well, Amy is a journalist for the Leadership Magazine in the States, and uh, also she wrote a book called Troubled Minds. Her mom was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and her father was a pastor. And uh, she shares the story how the, pa- uh, how the church really didn't understand or help them. And so she writes how the church can help people uh, with a mental illness. Um, she writes over her experience and talks from her experience as well. Amazing. And then we got Grant um, Mullen, who's coming on the show. Grant's been on this program many times. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I've heard him. He, he has a great book, and he does weekly uh, webinars and updates, written Free yeah. Your Mind. Such a, a great resource. Who's the other guy that's coming on? Uh, his name is Brent Ullman, and, and Brent has his own mental health story. He's a teacher, but now travels uh, in North America doing seminars and talks about different topics like uh, how to parent teenagers in our world today. He talks about all the different topics, but he his specialty is mental wellness in the church as well. So he will be really highlighting his story and how and that helps for the church to again how do we become equipped to help people like himself and myself and others that struggle so deeply. You know, um Alan, I'm, I'm excited because you're expecting a couple thousand people to weigh in on this online conference. How do they, how do they find out? You got an early bird special. Yeah. And you're making it available. Yep. Yeah. Tell so us March about that. 30, yeah. So uh, on March 30, uh, um, people can go on our um, site, perseveranceconference.ca, and right. read about the agenda, read about the speakers and their topics. But they can uh, register and buy tickets right there. Um, and so uh, that's the best way to do that. Um, and uh, again, uh, we're expecting hopefully uh, uh, thousands of people to come on. Um, and so we want people to share it uh, and uh, make sure the pastors and the churches know about it. So just give me the address. We got 45 seconds. Perseveranceconference.ca. Okay. And Alan, I'm going to do something. Anybody listening tonight, uh, if they want to call in in the next couple days, um, our church is going to donate uh, up to $500 to cut the cost in half for those people. Okay? We're going to make that contribution. 
That's amazing. Because we just want to help people. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike. Uh, We really appreciate it. You know where I am right now? Tell me. I'm I'm in your parking lot at North End. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that happy note, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Open Mic. This is Mike Shervino. We'll look forward to next week. PerseveranceConference.com. The preceding program has been sponsored by Find the Way Ministries.